Death Watch. Welcome back to Cradle of the World, a Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 slash Pathfinder first edition game by Death Watch Productions. I'm Brandon, the Dungeon Master, and today we'll get back to our heroes, still split up on their own individual missions. But first, we'll introduce our players, starting with Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Casimir, the hero of the rock. And uh, I'm happy, happy to welcome John back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Travis. I'm playing Graham, the hero of the sea. And yes, welcome back, John. You missed my great rescue of the villagers. <laughs> and I'm Justin, playing Rohan, hero of the sky. And... I'm okay with John being back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, welcome back, and, John. And I'm John, playing Fenrith, and I am also glad to welcome myself back. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, last session ended with um, Casimir in the um, ancient underground, or is it, temple. Um, he had went through an illusionary wall found himself in another square chamber with pillars in the corners and the decorative artwork. Uh, there was one path for him from that room, uh, a long hallway going north. And uh, as he looked down that hallway, he heard the familiar clanging sound of the automaton soldiers. Um, and then at that moment, he felt a tremendous pain as he once again was swept away in a vision. Graham was successful in rescuing his people from the submersible. And after casting water walk and water breathing on all of them, he took them back to the shore. And Rohan had reached the group of farms that the goblin strike force was headed to and found that all of the people had holed up in one of the barns. One of the homes had human corpses staked to the front of the house, and uh, one of the automatons had been destroyed and its head mounted on a pole. The elves in the barn told Rohan that they had not done that, and they were surprised to hear about it. And Rohan and two of the farmers split up and went back out into the storm to search the houses for this mysterious ally or other elves that might be hiding in the homes. And during this time, Fenrith continued to fight to protect the village from attacks from various directions. But... Uh, Mostly, this action was just shoring up defenses and assigning people to posts. No attacks came on the village in the night because the storm is too powerful. So um, so that's where everybody is. So we'll pick it up with you, Fenrith. Um, so, and we'll put this at, it's probably about three in the morning and you're very tired, but no attacks have come because the storm is raging outside. This is a uh, a tropical storm that um, hasn't reached a, a level that you wouldn't have seen before growing up here, but it's this sort of storm that generally discourages people from being outside. So uh, we're talking very strong winds um, and a steady downpour and even lightning and thunder. And there's no moonlight or starlight because of the clouds. So um, we'll place you now in the council hall in uh, 
the center of Cradle Village, and the mayor is in there, and the prisoner that you had, and then um, Nazus is also there, uh, but he's out on the porch. He's given orders to the militia and sending them here and there to make sure they're guarding all the points that might be attacked of the village. But that's where we'll place you. And uh, what would you like to do? So the the last time that I was here, as I remember, we had questioned the uh, this prisoner. How long ago was that, though? So that was in the day. Okay. So that would have been about, you know, 15, 16 hours ago. Um, tell him that he needs to repeat all information exactly as he did before or else, uh, Nizus will start in on him again. <laughs> okay. He does so. As, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you don't remember what he had said. Uh, don't quite remember what he had said. Well, guess what? Neither do I. Okay. So um, anyway. He yeah, told us so, where to get into his the super secret strike base, I think. No, he hadn't told you about the base. Um, but he had told about how there was a undersea a vehicle, a undersea ship, and that's, that's where Graham went um, to chase after his family who had been kidnapped along with others. Um, but yeah, he 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 could answer more questions if you have more questions. Um, oh, Mudsway is there with you in the building as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, and I don't remember if it was asked last time, but was was there another force that was out in in the uh, woods surrounding the village, or were they all coming from this underwater base? Right. So, I mean, you can ask that question and he, he seems to be willing to divulge any information now after Nazus spoke with him. And uh, so as he describes it, the f force that came in this direction or the force uh, wasn't even intentionally heading here originally, but the, that magical, that enormous magical storm had blown them way off course and they found themselves here. So they don't really even know where here is. But that had been three ships plus the submersible. There had been two two ships of a medium size, and then one dreadnought. So, uh, I know what that's the word he uses, but it's an enormous ship. And uh, you guys saw one go down after you had battle with it, um, but um, you don't know where the other two are, and neither does he. But there was just one single force that was part of this operation. All right. So I, I will also ask him how to, what, it, what is the easiest way to disable those uh, golems? I mean, that's the only thing that I could think to call them. Uh, yeah. So he doesn't, ha he doesn't know, like he doesn't know how they work. Um, you know, if they take enough damage, they break. But as for like a specific weakness, he he doesn't know. And and the the um, the government of his nation would never tell the people if there was one because that's one of their greatest tools of control over the people. All right. So I will uh, 
Oh man, where were we getting? We were keeping him under the church. Is that is that what well, that was the plan, right? This prisoner? Yeah, I thought that's where we were going to hold him. Is in one of the ground or one of the rooms under the church. Oh, I mean, it might have been. I just my notes say he was kept in the council hall for Nazus to interrogate. Yeah, I, I think he was. Um, but yeah, I, wherever we're going to put him, as uh, we can, I'll go talk to Nazus and. And uh, see what his thoughts on the matter are. This, uh, my idea was trying to was to set up uh, these wards and uh, basically barriers all over to where no one could teleport in. But then I realized that was folly because neither me nor my companions would really be able to teleport in. Hmm. Well, he's standing out on the porch. Um, protected from the rain and he's got, you know, he's hunched over because he's so tall that he doesn't really fit there. But he's, um, as you step out, the he's finished giving his orders and you can see the militia trotting off in their separate directions with their spears. And um, and he turns to look at you with an upraised eyebrow. As I don't, I feel that we should get some rest. I don't think there will be an attack tonight. But we're in for a long tomorrow if this weather lets up. Uh, he thinks for a bit and he says, I agree. I don't think another attack will be coming tonight. And I'm not sure we can expect one even when the weather lets up because um, we've actually been doing quite well defending the village against these these attacks that have come. They, they reek of uh, um, confusion to me, like... Maybe yeah. no, no one person's been in charge of all these, and each of them's just striking out on their own, and they've been cut down, and not that many can have made it over on these ships. So they're going to run out of people if they keep up this sloppy attack. I agree. As uh, Once someone actually takes command, feel that they'll take time to consolidate their forces and... Uh, strike is one as but um, i think so that uh yeah i think that i'm i am going to retire to the hero home you're more than welcome to join me if you would like unless there's something other or something else that's pressing no uh thank you i'll stay here in case the militia needs me this is a good central location uh but he does say that like uh do you know where you're companions are because really what we need is someone out there pressing the attack against them as they are all <laughs> they're all out there doing that right now as uh i'll kind of give them generalization as far as because that's about all i'm i'm sure i know at this point too is that uh graham went to explore the ocean depths uh which is a good thing knowing that there's something some type of base out there um uh rohan had went out to warn some of the farmers and explore that area make sure that there's none on the loose out there and casimir i, I want to say he was headed towards those mines but i don't think that's correct uh no i uh where did i go i went towards the uh the rock cliffs i believe right mm -hmm. the nest the north right Oh, okay, that's right. The rock. Yeah, he's gonna go and the check west. on the the uh, the rock breeding grounds. 
that's just the direction I flew off in. I don't think I really told anyone anything. I think the last person I talked to was Graham via hand signals. Yeah. So if I was Casimir, I think I would have went <laughs> to the mines. <laughs> to the mines. <laughs> I think I, I thought I sent a message back to you about what Casimir and I were doing. Yeah, I, I can't quite remember if... Uh, I know I, I remember talking to you about your uh, underwater dreamland, but uh, yeah, cause I don't remember I, if Casimir was included in that. Yeah, I think it was after I had uh, hand-signaled Casimir and we went our separate ways because I was about to go in, but I doubled back to mm -hmm. leave a message with you. Yeah. So I think I gave you a clue as <clears throat> to what we were doing. Okay. So yeah, I'll relay whatever information I had about where Casimir had went, if it was the the rock pen or the rock uh, cliffs or or some other direction, but uh, as knowing them, I'm sure that they'll be able to to wipe this scum from the the face of Cradle. Okay. Now um, another question that I have. Let me check my Fenrith. Did at any point you collapse in pain and then realize you're taller and Stronger? Or I mean, no, taller? I don't think he has yet. No. Yeah, I don't think he was here on that session. So, Okay. All right. So you make your way back to the home of the heroes to retire for the night. And uh, you know the path well. So even with the storm, it doesn't cause you any any um, problem getting back there. And uh, you, so then you, you make it to the home of the heroes. And full one is there. So you can see lights coming and he's got, you know, the fire going and, uh, somehow as if he guessed when you'd be returning, he has a big plate of food ready for you. And I thought I was magical, <laughs> but he says, my Lord, you must be exhausted. Take this food, please. And, um, let me know anything else you might need as I will thank him and, uh, <laughs> As I will thank him and uh, tell him that this is uh, this is wonderful. Please find your find your bed, as it's been a long day for everybody. Yes, my lord. Uh, I mean, or or do whatever you want. I'm not I'm not telling you you have to go to bed like a child or anything. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, he's giving you this food. Um, where what would you like to do? But yeah, I'll uh, I'll sit, uh, let out a a tired but grateful sigh that I get to enjoy a a, a hot meal on a, a night like this, and instead of being camping, you know, outdoors like we had been for who knows how long previously, and uh, just sink into into one of the chairs at the table and start eating. Okay. As I I will afterwards. Um, I, I do also want to go out and, and check on uh, Fenaro. Does uh, do any necessary grooming, feeding, and also get his uh, his barding and everything intact, ready for uh, me to put on quickly if needed. Okay. All right. So yeah, you sit down at the table and you wolf down this food, and uh, it doesn't take long for you to finish that, and then you can go out and check on the rocks. And uh, the barn is holding up well to the storm. It was built to withstand this sort of thing. 
and the rocks are um, contentedly sleeping inside. You know, they've got their heads tucked under their wings and stuff. Fenero does perk up when he sees you coming and waits to see. And he asks you when uh, when we're going back out again. Uh, I feel it's going to be soon, very soon. If not tonight, then on the morrow. Okay. Yeah, perhaps once the storm passes. That was my thought as well. I'll drag a hunk of meat from wherever we keep that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, and then after that, you'll go back to bed or go to bed. Yep. As then I'll go and I'll take off the armor and uh, wash and head to bed. All right. So, okay. So then you uh, head back in and you go up to your room and you get ready to, uh, or you start getting ready to go to bed, but then do a will save for me. Do you want it in the tower or out? Yeah, in the tower. Okay. So you're standing there and in your room and you're about ready to start taking off your armor so that you can get to sleep. And then suddenly you feel this extraordinary pain in the pit of your stomach and uh, your vision swims a bit, but you remain standing. And then uh, you feel this excruciating pain throughout all of your body. And you actually hear the sound of your bones growing. Um, and you don't have any explanation for this, except for that elves are bigger in Pathfinder than they are in D&D. Uh, I'll take this as a sign of uh, Lorathian's favor, since I was always uh, pretty weak and fragile as a, as a child. But uh, just under my breath, say, they were <laughs> sure could have... Uh, could have been a little bit softer than it was. Roll, roll 2d8 in the tower for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so when this is all said and done and, and the pain passes, it's like all you can do to focus on not collapsing while this is happening. Um, and then suddenly, as suddenly as it appeared, it's gone. The pain passes and you actually get that euphoric feeling that you get when... Uh, a you know tremendous pain goes away um but then you you know looking in the mirror you realize that you're six feet six inches tall now holy crap and you weigh 162 pounds how old were we in elf years well you guys were like 14 15 16 when we started so you'd be like a year Two year old yeah. toddler. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> we're not, we're worse than child soldiers. We're like baby soldiers. <laughs> so I was the real goofy one knocking into everything. And uh, you were the bossy one who was like, mm. don't do that. They said it's like gibberish. <laughs> 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 like you were 18, Fenrith. So like you're, James you'd be 19, be. probably. But we yeah. were like adults before the, the elvish traits started yeah. kicking in. So. Yeah. And now we're, we're uh, damn near sperms again. Yeah. I like to think that there's some sort of a crisis going on with the mayor who I, for some reason, picture having more knowledge of elf culture. Right. It's like, oh, we're sending out babies. <laughs> well, wasn't it? You, you should still be running around <laughs> in the forests, not uh, going on adventures and saving villages and worlds. 
When is adulthood for the D and elves? I want to say it was like like a hundred eighty. Yeah, it yeah. might be one hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like one hundred and ten. Is before that it was like juvenile still. Yeah. So we were a hundred years too early. <laughs> Around hundred. That's fine. Or we're the equivalent of like uh, what uh, two three months old in in that time. Okay. Yeah. So all that takes place, and you find out like suddenly you're taller, your hair's longer. Wait, my clothes don't fit. Yeah, uh, they do. Oh, okay. Well, you, like your your armor resizes, but now you're intensely uncomfortable because you're like your gambus in your small clothes. They didn't. They're not magical. Yeah, so I was gonna say my breeches. Yeah, so you've got I like can't a, move my legs. You've, yeah, you've got a cosmic wedgie going on. So, um, I'll just, <laughs> just Hulk flex it. Try and figure out a way that I'm going to explain that I need all of my clothes resized now. More than resized, you just need new ones. <laughs> yeah, as uh, I'll just play it off like, uh, oh man, free balling and heavy plate though. Well, you, I don't know. Hope can't. there are no fireballs. <laughs> as uh i was gonna say i'll i'll play it off as if like that meal that he cooked uh last night the full one cooked last night was uh was what did it be like i feel really awkward after i i ate that i went to bed like my clothes are all tight and <laughs> but play it off like i don't know yeah i think i need these let out a little bit as it's like uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, an adult wearing a uh, bikini now. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a mystery to full one because they're all undergoing the same sort of thing in their own time. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll find the loosest stuff that I can, uh, fit wise, as if I need to. I'll just uh, wrap a, a sheet around like a loincloth. Okay, we're elves. We got to have robes somewhere. Yeah, yeah. we're robes. I'll I'll make a bath towel robe out of like two or three pairs of ta- or sets of towels. All right, so yeah, you get all um, settled into your bed, and um, you know after you you take all your stuff off and you get settled in, cleaned up, and then um, put a, a perception in the tower for me. Okay, all right. So as you are drifting off to sleep, you hear um, a sound. That brings you awake. It's a floorboard creaking that shouldn't be coming from somewhere outside your room. So right. I'll um, let me let me one second here. I'll share this map with you. You see that? Yep. All right. So that's your room that you're in there, and uh, you you know you spring awake, and now you're listening. And you don't hear that sound again, but you know you heard it, and uh, you know this house very well, so you know that's like the sound um, some of uh, like one of the steps make when someone's walking on it, and the stairs are out in the hallway and down to the left. All right. Well, I will. I will grab my sword and forego the armor and start and uh, open the door slowly and see what i can see all right yeah so here's your door open that for you so the stairs are all the way down towards the left um and you peek around the corner um looking in that direction and uh you don't see anything yet all right um 
just on the off chance, as I will also cast uh, Invisibility Purge on myself, as it uh, dispels uh, invisibility within five feet per level. Okay. I'll last for, what are we, 13, right? 14, I want to say. 14, so 140 minutes. Or, sorry, 14 minutes. And then at that point, I I will continue down if I still don't see anything. All right, and that's, would you say, five feet per level? Yeah, five feet per level. All right, so yeah, so you cast that, and... uh, Like 70 feet or so? When you cast that, you see this uh, cloaked, hooded, human-sized form uh, creeping down the hallway directly towards you. Oh. (laughs) Just bluff, John. You don't see it. I don't know if I can that well. <laughs> we can give it a shot. I will try to bluff my way out of this. Huh? Just the wind. Eh, not horrible for only a plus two. All right. Yeah. So you see him creeping towards you and you try to pretend like you didn't see him yet. Yeah. All right. Let me roll his. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So you, um, you cast that spell. And you, you know, you're looking down that way and you can see him creeping towards you. He's being very silent. You can't hear him. Um, and then you try to pretend like you didn't see him and it seems to work because he just keeps moving forward. So he's moving, he moves up to there. All right. So yeah, I'll kind of look, look both directions and, uh, you do the eye squint like you're trying to, uh, what's over there. And, uh, okay. And then in a a rush, run forward and grab his arm and cast, uh, inflict critical wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Never sneak up on a cleric. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So you can see his eyes widen in surprise as you rush forward and then you, um, you want to cast this spell? Yep. Okay. Go ahead. All right. And roll damage. All right, so you rush forward, you grab him, and you cast a spell, and you can feel the negative energy bursting out of your hand and running through him, and he stiffens up, and his eyes are wide in shock, and you know, his hands grip his weapon tightly. Um, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't kill him, but it definitely injures him. And I'll, uh, I'll also say, you made the biggest mistake of your life coming in here. If you give up now, I won't do it again. <laughs> All right. So yeah, he'll he's he's got like a short sword and he's gonna swing it at you. Get this on here. All right. Yeah. So he swings this short sword at you, uh, but automatic miss. So he's like way too surprised and in too much pain, and so his swing is. Wildly ineffectual, um, <clears throat> but that'll be uh, that'll bring it to your turn again. I I will inflict critical wounds again. Huh? I don't know why that didn't work. That it untargeted him for whatever reason. So okay, so this time he failed his save. Go ahead and roll damage. And I'll repeat the same thing as last time: is give up now, and I won't do it again. Yeah, so this time, though, it's like you hear a pop, and you can see some blood start to leak out of his ears, and he goes limp and falls to the floor dead. So he doesn't have a chance to surrender. 
That doesn't is... stop a cleric, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Start dragging him back to my room. Okay. Need to censor the next part. <clears throat> well, right. I, I've got to set up uh, speak with dead now. All right. So, yeah, so that's over, and you take him back to your room and get set up for... Well, I'll, uh, I'll actually clear the rest of the house first before okay. I do that is i'll go check everywhere i'll check on full make sure he's all right as well mm-hmm. okay and, uh, roll a apologize perception for me. apologize that uh about the the mess on the floor over there also that you're doing late night sermons too part of the casting yeah <laughs> okay all right so yeah you go uh make a sweep of the house but you don't find any other assailants there and fall is um, when you go check on him, he's uh, sitting in the chair in the living room, snoring, with like a blanket wrapped around him in front of the fire. His still haggard, unhealed face. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, oof. Nah, I don't think they would have messed with those. I was going to say, maybe I should go check on the rocks, but I think that would be a bigger mistake than coming into the house. Yeah. If they had <laughs> went in there. All right. Well, yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll uh, drag the body into the room then. Okay. And uh, prepare to, I'll have to prepare to speak with dead, but uh, I will as part of my morning prayer. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So you do that and you finally can get some sleep and then we'll cut over to Graham. You um, make it to the shore and you've got this line of people with you behind you and you all step out of the water onto the the sandy beach the wind is blowing it's like funny because it's more uncomfortable out here than it was under the water um but you all step out onto the beach and the the wind and the rain is stinging and blowing into you and you can't see you know the things you'd normally be able to see from here because of the weather and the darkness but you recognize where you are on the beach and you've got these people behind you, your family, a couple others. Yeah. I'll take a minute to make sure everybody made the trip. Okay. Um, I suppose I probably had to carry my dad. Yeah. Or just hold on to him while mm-hmm. water walk did its thing. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can rouse him at that point. Once we get on the beach, see if he can move on his own. And if nobody has any injuries that I can't really that need attention, Mm. Then we'll start moving towards the village, probably to try to track down uh, Fenra. Okay. All right. Yeah, nobody seems to be injured in a way that you could do anything about. Um, And you are able to finally get your dad to wake up enough to walk with some support under his own power. I guess I'll probably check in with with mom. Or no, mom was part of the, Mm -hmm. all my family was right then. Yeah, except for one of your sisters. Yeah, so I'll t- I'll reunite the family. Then I'll take mom and dad and the other sister to meet with the sister that was still here. Okay. Yeah, they she was staying with the neighbor. Yeah, because the house had burned down. So, um, but yeah, so you can you can make it to that neighbor's house and and wake them up, <laughs> and uh, you know reunite your family, and uh, you know they're excited and they're glad that you were successful and your your sisters overjoyed to see her mom and dad and other sisters so yeah i'll ensure it doesn't put the neighbors out too much to have this m- many people for a while longer till we can find some place for the family to go 
That'd if it be. does put them out, I'll send them to the hero house, I guess. No, they, they've got room. That okay. underlying threat there. <laughs> I hope this isn't a problem. <laughs> you know, I could make room for some more people. But when you're uh, you're standing there um, talking with this family and everybody's there, then a couple members of the militia come by, you know, doing a patrol and they they hail you. So, Glad you're back, hero. Um, is there anything we can do? No, I don't think so, except be prepared for attacks by the sea. Yes, that's where we're going, to set up a watch. Not too far from from your family's house. You should know. Real sorry about that, by the way. Oh, that's It's a shame. Okay. Uh, but you should know they could come from underneath the waves, not only atop it or above it. Multi-directional attack. As if we didn't have enough problems. Well, um, your companion, Venrith, went home for the night. Now Zeus is at the council hall. We suffered a few attacks during the day, but they seem to have gave off for the night. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unused to getting reports. <laughs> People don't trust me with information usually. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess I'll go uh, wake Venrith up now. <laughs> You trying to prepare spells, buddy? <laughs> wakey, wakey. <laughs> All right, so you're heading there? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, I guess Nazus probably needs to, to know, too, since he's running the whole day-to-day mm -hmm. -day part. So, yeah, I'll give him a report. Then I'll head on to Fenrith. All right, so when you find Nazus, he's in the, uh, the center of the village there, um, outside the council hall. Um, and when you find him, like, He's in that area where a lot of the commerce gets done because it's like a central area where like the blacksmith and some bakeries and different things like that are. And uh, he's just, and usually there's a pretty big fire um, in the center there. Generally, whoever feels like will start it and people gather around it and they'll talk about this or that. Um, and there's a fire going now, but it's died down for the most part to just embers, you know, um, at a certain size, it can handle the rain and the wind, but it, it's been let die down too low now. So you just are seeing the embers and the, you can hear the hiss of the steam when the water hits it. Um, but that's where he's standing and he's got his axe in his hands and he's facing to the north. And uh, so you're coming up behind him and uh, like you're not making any attempt to be silent. Not that it would matter because of the wind and the rain, but when you when you make it to him, you realize that he's asleep. Oh. Like he's standing out there so anybody can come talk to him if they need to, but he's catching some winks while he waits. So. Got a little soldier's nap. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'll rouse him. Yeah, so his eyes flash open and you can see he's surprised. He's like, oh, Graham, not a lot of people can sneak up on me. I thought... Maybe I should have smelled you. <laughs> Maybe you should have, but I just came from the ocean. I uh, probably smell like fish guts. Exactly, you do. Yeah, that explains it. <laughs> what What news have you of the ocean? Yeah, well, I'll describe this. This prisoner says that they have an undersea vehicle, if you can believe such a thing. I can believe it, and I'll give him a detailed explanation of my experience, you know, like uh, roughly how this... Submersible was laid out, and uh, <laughs> my theory that it's powered by elf souls. Hmm. Maybe not a theory. Maybe the truth. 
but uh well the baphomet has some of his own creations that run on energy much the same so it's not hard for me to believe it's purely evil of course <laughs> tell me you were able to rescue the people who had been captured were you able to perform any sabotage uh no hmm. the alarm uh had gone off by that point and the amount of automatons that were on the ship were, I think, beyond my capabilities. Your disguise spell also wore off. Yes. Still, if a talented person were prepared and didn't have to worry about rescuing people, do you see? Do you think it would be possible for someone to sneak aboard and commit sabotage? Most assuredly, the ship is powered by, it looked like a dual engine type source. So just blow that up with dynamite. Uh, wait, we don't have that. We got alchemist uh, <laughs> yeah. stuff, maybe. Yeah, I think like my whole the whole time I was in there, I my disabled device uh, sense was going off because mm -hmm. I, I said they had um, consoles that were for the operation of the submersible. I didn't understand how they functioned, but it was very complicated. So there were lots of points of failure. Some of these um, people you describe coming across that were working at these consoles might be able to be persuaded to explain it to you if you were uh, charismatic enough in your questioning. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any idea how many um, uh, are aboard that might become a problem for us? Because uh, well, if we get an attack from multiple directions, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. We've been lucky so far. The attacks have come one at a time and we've been able to Right. react to them but if they get any sense of order about them if somebody manages to take charge we could be in a lot of trouble well on the ship itself i and i didn't explore the whole thing i didn't see its entire layout but i think if i'm recalling correctly there were at least seven personnel operators of the ship and right so like i can tell you from your view of it from outside before you entered Versus the amount of space that you covered inside, it's right. way bigger. Right. Way bigger. How does this relative to like the airships? Because that so, would determine whether or not there were a fleet of these or not. Well, yeah, as far as size go, I'd say it's probably pretty analogous to the difference between a, you know, what what is the, what is the Russian submarine, their big one? Oh, right. Like a typhoon or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking like about. Like that versus a destroyer. It's like three or four times yeah. the size of a destroyer. It's So it's like the airships that you've seen, then looking at this submersible would be at least twice as big. Right. At least. And I only saw the one from the outside, uh, but they could have more. And I don't... Did we? Did I see any um, like smaller, like a wave vehicle type? Type things? No, you didn't see or any like pods or no, or you didn't sitting out of it. No, you didn't. You didn't see that uh, anything like that that yeah. you'd be able to recognize. I mean, it, it, the the hull of it had some odd features that you can't understand. I just didn't have the framework. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was definitely it could be sabotaged for sure. Whether or not there were more, and how much of I saw, how much I saw was only a small fraction. So. Well, our prisoner did say there was only one of the submersible vehicles. It looks like maybe he was telling the truth. I I think he could be. It was. It's hard to imagine being able to make a, a lot of those because mm. <laughs> it was impressive. But yes, I just saw a small fraction, just uh, six people 
working on it and then the uh the four automatons mm-hmm. that were just doing guard duty so that doesn't count what they might just have awaiting you know attack instructions when they surface mm-hmm. or something like that okay well i'm not in charge of you you're in charge of me That's but i right. think we ought to consider a surgical strike on that uh submersible to put it take it out of the equation because let me tell you what i know about war Graham. war never changes no fool ever won anything by defending that's true attack 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 then he pulls out a cigar <laughs> fight them on the beaches <laughs> um, but anyway so that's that's that minotaur chomping on a cigar nice <laughs> Starting to get into Shadowrun territory mm-hmm. here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Nazus. If you give me a, uh, some time to refresh myself, I might be happy to lead such an incursion. But I have to talk to Fenrith. Yes, of course. Have a good night. Glad to see you made it back safely, and I'm happy that you rescued your family. I'll watch over the village. Good to see you too, Colonel. Mm. Off I go. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you can make it back to the home of the heroes. Do a perception and then tower for me. Ah, perception throws me off. I'm always like, perception? What are you talking about? It's kind of good, though. Brings it all in line with other systems. Okay. All right, so you make it back to the home of the heroes. Uh, Rohan, mm-hmm. you head out into the night storm, and um, this farmer and his eldest son follow you, and you go your separate ways. To look into the other houses along this road to find anybody who might be hiding in the homes and maybe to find this uh, mysterious potential ally that's nailing corpses to the porches. Yeah. So um, you head off to the south um, where the bulk of the remaining houses are. And so what would you like to do? So first I'll start with that house that actually has them nailed to the to the porch and I'll go inside. Okay. So you step inside this house and the lantern on the table is uh, still going. It's about half full and it's washing over the, the living room slash into the kitchen because there's really not a demarcation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, embers in the fire, mostly died down, but still a little bit of a glow there. And then, uh, you know, based on where you came into the house, you're at the extreme um, right. Well, we'll just say right side of it. So the rest of the home, whether it be rooms or whatever, would be down the left hallway. Okay. So go ahead and roll a perception in here for me. In the tower. Yeah. Oh, crap. Looks like John's character is blocking my tower. Yeah. Got to do some. Yeah, you can unlock the tower and move it. Yeah. Well, the the portraits. We're over it, so I had to unlock the portraits of oh, yeah. them, then unlock the dice tower. So, all right. Perception. All right. So you're looking around the house, and um, you're not you're not seeing anything that stands out as important to you. I mean, you're picking up all the signs of people leaving in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But uh, – <laughs> As you're scanning around, you do something does tickle the back of your mind, and then you realize that it's a scent you're picking up that is um, at odds with the normal sense of a house. It sort of reminds you of dirt. Okay. 
Um, it's not very strong, but it doesn't belong for sure. Do I, as I move through the house, do I get a stronger sense of it in one area than another? Uh, yeah, it seems it seems to get a little bit stronger down the hall. Okay, I'll I'll follow that direction. Then. So you've got uh, you go down this hall, and there are four, well, five doors. So right into the hallway are the first two on either side, and those are small bedrooms. They're not locked. You can't actually even see on the door a means to latch it. It's just a, you know, a door that can be pushed open. Okay. And there's uh, cots in there, and uh, you know the general things you'd find in a, in a room. You know, a trunk with some clothes and stuff. And there's signs in both of those of people packing their stuff hurriedly as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll continue to move down, um, trying to stay quiet. The enemy of my enemy isn't necessarily my friend. So Yeah, so um, you get to the next couple of set of doors, and it's much the same there. There's no windows. It's just a very small room, big enough for... Well, in those those second two, there's two cots, and so there's very little space for anything else. Uh, but the same disheveled appearance as if people gathered their belongings quickly. Um, but here, do another perception. Okay. And uh, so here, the scent uh, is stronger. Okay. From the direction of that last door that's set in the center of the hallway. I'll continue to try and follow that scent. All right. So you push open that door, and uh, that's the door to what definitely is the master bedroom of the home. It's much more space and there's um, two large windows on the um, northern end of that house. Okay. And there's a, a larger bed and there's, you know, wardrobe and trunks and things like that. Um, and still the same signs of people leaving in a hurry. Mm -hmm. But when you open that door and step into that room, the wind... Um, well, like you can tell before you open it that the one of the windows is open because the wind is putting pressure on that door. And so you got to push it to get it to open and you can smell the rain and, you, you know, you can feel the wind on your face when you open it. And then crouched on that windowsill is a dark form. Okay. Now, what vision do you have? I think just low light. Okay. and that, But you pick up color and low light, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've got enough light coming from down the hall to be able to see uh, what you're looking at here. And this is a woman. It's hard to tell what what race, although she does have the pointed ears that elves have, but um, she's got uh, flaming red hair. She's <laughs> undeniably beautiful, and uh, she's dressed all in, in red as well. A lot of leather. Um over, you know, red chain mail, things like that. So, and she's got, um, you know, a, a weapon on either side of her belt, you know, a, a long sword and a short sword, it looks like. And uh, her cowl's pulled up, but you can still see the features of her face. And uh, she's like paler than, than seems natural. And, uh, you know, she, her, her eyes even glow red, but she's staring right at you. Okay. Um, and that's what, and now you smell a lot of different scents here. She smells good, 
but underneath it all is that that scent of soil, uh, but not good soil. Decaying earth. You know, yeah. All right. I'll uh, kind of call out to her. Uh, hold there. <laughs> I mean you no harm. Are, are you seeking safety? Because I don't know if she's one of the you know outlying villagers that tried to come here or if she's one of the enemies that are part with the other army or yeah no or she she, she just gives a full throaty laugh and says no i'm not seeking safety i'm trying to find out um or basically she says i'm trying to protect my food your food hmm. yes my food and then you can see you know that she's got elongated canine teeth you know fangs okay and you know that sort of puts it all together for you that she's a, a vampire that feeds on these villagers right yeah and she uh she says what are what are you doing here i came to protect these villagers protecting his food too yeah. well then <laughs> um then we are uh allies for the time hmm. are you the one that Took care of the enemies that are nailed to the porch? Yes. Are you also the one that took care of the automaton? Yes. Well, then I suppose I must thank you for protecting these people, even if your motives aren't aren't quite noble. Uh, yeah, so you can see she gets like a smirk, and uh, she says, you're welcome. By the way, uh, say hi to Graham for me. <laughs> No. Do I recognize her from our time in the dungeon? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd recognize her just on his description alone, even if you hadn't seen her, because she's got a distinctive appearance. But she do. She still has some un. There's an unclosed loop. Yeah. <laughs> Secret yeah. juju on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a. Can't wait. A vindictive quality in me that. <laughs> oh, boss got away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone that got away. Roll a wheel save. She's the one that got away. Yeah, but she says, I have a nice thing going here, and I don't like these newcomers upsetting the balance I've created. Uh, so, yes, I nailed them to the porch. I was hoping to set an example for their compatriots. As their compatriots are being driven by a force greater than their fear of you, so I so doubt there that are, it will make a difference. There are more of them, then? Many more. There is an encampment of them. Oh, dude. We need to get her down to that submarine. <laughs> to the west. They'd be trapped down in there. It's hmm. a perfect buffet. With, down to the west, you say? Yes, uh, through the forest. Uh, you can't miss their encampment. They're quite loud, and they've uh, taken to clearing several areas for themselves. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you have your work cut out for you. So are you saying you're not going to help? rid this land of them no no i'm not saying that sounds like my food will come to me well feed on the enemy all you wish but leave these people alone mm -hmm. so yeah she just chuckles there but then she just disappears she do that stupid mist thing again no it's like you know she leaps you know because she was on the windowsill and she just leaps out and then you can hear like a fluttering and mm. and then she's gone into the night Okay. Um, well, now that we know who was killing these enemies, I'll uh, head out to the uh, north, I guess it would be where the other two were headed, mm -hmm. to check on them. Yeah. 
make sure she doesn't grab herself a snack on her way out of this this little farming community. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you catch up with them um, a couple houses down, and they're um, moving through the house. You can, you can hear them as you approach, even over the wind, because they're shouting, Is anybody in here? Uh, it's not safe to stay. Come with us. Um, so you can hear them moving through the house. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll approach them. I'll call out before, you know, I just show up behind them or anything like that. Yeah. So despite that, they're still startled when they see you, you know, they're, they're both very nervous, you know, they're holding lanterns and then they got spears and they're not expertly trained. So, um, you can see them shaking a bit, but they, then they're a sigh of relief as they realize that it's you. We haven't found anyone yet. So we can stop looking. I found them and they've gone. Well, who was it? Uh, Another one of your hero friends? No, no, quite the opposite. Uh, the creature that feeds on the living. She mentioned that she was protecting you so that she could feed on you and your people later. I was unable to stop her before she fled. Yeah, so you can see the color leave his face. <laughs> That's not good news. No. Well, do you still think we ought to wait out the storm before we move along? Try to make it back to the village? Well, we have women and small children. I don't know how easy it'll be to move everyone in this storm. Well, if we took the long route along the road, we do have carts and wagons. Well, I'd prefer to move through the forest where we have the advantage over the enemy. Okay. So then we'll hole up for tonight and head out when the storm passes. Yeah. yeah, I believe that would, at least until light, we we can move through the forest in the rain during the daytime, but yeah, tonight we should wait. All right, so then you guys go back to that barn, and, uh, you know, everybody's in there. People have already started to, like, lay down and try to get some sleep. Most of the kids are sleeping in the hay piles and stuff, but you can see, like I had described, because it's a new construction, that things still fit tightly together, so it's pretty defensible structure unless someone you know attacks it with a dragon or something okay um yeah i'll stay awake through most of the night and then uh first thing in the morning i'll ask them to let me sleep while they pack up and get prepared to move okay all right casimir you're staring down this hallway um and you hear the clanking sound but then you're swept along in a vision and uh it's the vision of that same person that you've been having visions of. All right. This is a elf, you know, a couple thousand years ago, and he's resentful because he knows that there's a power that he could command that could help his people, but it won't, the Seldarine won't grant it to him. And uh, so this vision, this part of the vision, what you're seeing now is that basically he went on a quest to find a substitute. He understood well enough how this power was given. And so he went on a quest using his knowledge of magic to discover how to create the effect um, without the Seldarine's aid. So basically, um, you're having a, a vision of him as he discovers and writes down the uh, the things that he's going to need. And as as it goes, it becomes clear to you 
what direction this has gone in his research. Um, because you can, you, you have a, a vision of his inner struggle as he recognizes what it's actually going to require. Um, and essentially that's undeath. Mm. So he has a inner struggle that lasts for a long time over that concept, like him trying to convince himself that there's a non-evil way to uh, become undead. So right now you're having this vision and you're filled with the frustration that he felt because nothing that he finds in his research leads him to believe that it's possible to be undead and not evil. Mm -hmm. It's like um, you, you can't be underwater and not be wet. Yeah. And you can feel that frustration as he pours over tomes and he searches libraries and he speaks with old, older wizards and things like that. All the while, he continues to pray um, for the Saldarine to grant him this power, but they ignore him. And so he becomes more and more uh, embittered and frustrated by this. So when this vision ends, it ends on him discovering um, uh, on his own, like just through his own research and his own imaginings, um, a potion that needs to be made in order to both kill him while leaving his soul open to become undead. And by his calculations at the end of this vision, it's like, you know, because he's a very intelligent person. So he's doing the calculations of his survive of his survival past his death. And it's like 6%. <laughs> and, uh, that's the end of that particular vision. Okay. So, um, let me share this map here. No, oh, like, uh, Casimir will be kind of like just baffled that what, what were they going through that requires almost near madness to try to attain unlife in that manner? <laughs> yeah. So actually it's good. You said that, um, you, you get a hero point for that. One thing you notice as you're thinking over this and you're swept up in it is that, uh, when it started for him, that's what he was thinking about. But as it went, he thought about that less and less. And by the time he's got to this point in the vision, you notice that he probably didn't notice that that stopped being the motivation a long time ago. And that was he solving just, the puzzle. He just thinks it's his motivation. But but when through his research and through you know his magical knowledge and his calculations, um, and when he saw the power that he would have if he was successful, that became the motivation without him consciously being aware of it. Hmm. So when that uh, vision passes and it leaves you there on shaky legs and you blinking a bit as the world comes back into view for you and you're looking down this hallway, um, you see one of those uh, mechanical uh, soldiers clanking down the steps at the end of the hallway towards you. Dang it. Am I still invisible or has that worn? No, you're still invisible. All right. Mm. Uh, but roll initiative just so we have it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So can you see the map? Yes. All right. You see that thing down there? I do. All right. So we'll go ahead and start on your turn. Dang. Uh, yeah. So it looks like it's... Uh, Fairly human size, I guess. It's not taking up the whole hallway, so I'll just... Yeah, it's just your size. 
I'll just uh, walk down the uh, right part or the right hand side of this hallway, my right. I'll double move and I'll try to be sneaky while I do it. And I get a plus 20 to that for moving. What is it for moving normal speed, Sheriff? Uh, while sneaking? Yeah. Minus 10. Minus 10. So I'll get a plus 10 to it. Where's it still? So there you go. Okay. It's one of those weird things where, like, technically being invisible uh, makes it harder for something that's going to, like, search for me using magic, like yeah. detect magic, than if I disappeared, like, into the stone, because they can see where I disappeared <laughs> right. into the stone. But then we have to ask the next question is, what other abilities do these things have? Like, can they purge the invis invisibility? Can they dispel it? Yeah, I don't know. I, my running theory is that there's a lot of propaganda around magic. Mm. So their ability to detect magic is... I'm not so sure about mm. that. <laughs> I was thinking about trying to do that with uh, like with some other like role-playing systems yeah. where magic is a superstition-based thing. It's not actually real but you st would still be expending like magic right. points and causing an effect. And it would be mostly placebo or whatever the opposite of it is. How does the detect magic, uh, doesn't it take a couple of rounds to zero in on certain things? Yeah. And you have to focus on what it is you want to zero in on, which is where uh, the invisibility works. They'd have to see invisibility right. and then detect the magic. Yeah. Cause you can't, you'd have to, does um, the, strength of the aura speed it up at all I don't or is know. that just a detail you find out after like three rounds of inspecting it at least that was the old detect magic right where yeah. you'd uh in the first round you'd get the presence of an aura and then you'd start getting what school it belongs to the relative strength of it find out all right, okay. just theory crap just all right, so yeah, so you're creeping along there, and you're trying to be quiet, and you're invisible. The wrong um, name for theory crafting. You're right. <laughs> it's the anti-theory crafting name. Let rules here. Okay, so yeah, it's got this light um, beam out in front of it from its eyes mm -hmm. that sweeps across left to right as it goes. Um, I mean, and it goes over you, but it doesn't stop on you. And um, so it doesn't seem to you like it notices you. It's going to pull a jaw on me. It's going to suddenly reach out. and <laughs> So it moves to there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't seem to notice you. Yeah, it's by round. Well, I guess that's what they were doing because they had cone-shaped emanations. So they're literally detecting magic. So as long as you stay out of their cone, they're not. it's not like a 360 detection. But it's your turn. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to keep on moving. So I'll yeah. go up to... Yeah, it looks like you have to spend at least one round to even detect that there is magic in, in an area. All right, so you make it into this room, and it keeps clanking on past you. Now, this room doesn't have any adornments in the floor space, but the walls are covered with another um, mural. <laughs> or no, sorry. They're covered completely from floor to ceiling with elven script. All right. I'll uh, check my watch to see how much longer I got on this uh, invisibility before I have to... Because you know Casimir is compelled to decipher all script, so... Uh, let's see. So that would last for 14 minutes. So you probably got another 10 minutes left on it. 
it was a trick question. It doesn't matter because he's going to begin deciphering the script anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, Their tables for auras and lingering auras is actually kind of nice. For Pathfinder? Yeah. Is it? Oh, it's uh, under languages now, huh? There we go. Yeah, linguistics. Let's look in here. Here for the string and here for how long it lasts after the spell is done. That is pretty cool. I always liked all the aura stuff. I always wish that they'd, uh, was like more reasons to like mess with them. Right. Yeah. You know? so that's why I really like Shadowrun is because they basically have whole game mechanics based around it. It's a real knot in your brain when you're trying to like keep everything clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's such a, leaves such a, preponderance of evidence behind when you go on magic and everything i i don't seem to remember fifth edition bringing in the uh astral cleaning either i think Uh, they hand waved away a lot of it like if you're doing just core rules you don't really that's like that's one thing i would really like brought back i i loved doing all that stuff having to clean up all your traces and Oh man, just one, one corpo mage seeing your dang ass, your well, signature. So it says here, a thin sheet of lead will block magical auras. Hmm. So time to <laughs> Groin rules <patch>. lawyer. <laughs> 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 yeah, just coat yourself with a very thin sheet of lead and all of our magical auras disappear. We could probably make powdered lead and do that. We Lead yeah. box armor. Yeah, we would just, you know have problems it would explain our murder hobo yeah problem. we could go with uh just we're all lead poisoned oh, no, we could uh, double up on it we could make the powdered lead and mix it with mercury for our <laughs> to be able to actually coat things yeah, with, yeah. i agree with you though chris because all the shadow running you know i'll research a particular edition but um i like the old school mentality where they're like whoa there's not a lot of um you know, metahumans mm. relative to humans. So you got to pay extra for it, like a lot mm. extra, yeah. right? And you get an allergy because you're you're a magical race who yeah. isn't used to the world. And uh, I don't know. I just like how hardcore they were. <laughs> the the GMs back in that day were just like, that's just the way it is, you know? Now we're all yeah. kind of like, everybody have fun. <laughs> it's a game after all. Maybe to you it's a game. Um. Okay, so decipher, you know, linguistics, yeah. and so give me a second to look up what that's gonna mean here. I need to start working on my other knowledges. I got knowledge arcana down pretty good, but I need to like engineering would be a good one. That way, I could pinpoint stuff for you to destroy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also planes. We need planes. <laughs> All right, so if the DC is, and you got that. For very old writing. Okay. So you, um, you're you able to decipher this script on the wall well enough to immediately understand where the beginning is and um, also well enough to understand that it'd probably take you a day to read all of this. Hmm. I, ooh. Am I feeling any sort of sense of urgency? No. No, it's just nothing. All right. Um, yeah. No, it feels weird in here. Like time isn't passing because you don't feel tired. You don't feel hungry. All right. Well, I'm super hurt, so I might take advantage of that and uh, wait to see what this automaton's doing 
I'll hide from it, and then I'll start deciphering this uh, mural or whatever, hieroglyphics, whatever elves wrote with in the old days. Okay. Uh, and hopefully rest up a little bit while I'm here. All right. So, you know, you're, you're waiting and you can hear that thing clanking along until finally you can't hear it clanking anymore as it, you know, disappears down the path. So, you know, after a few minutes, it's evident that it's not coming back. Or if it is, it's taken a really circuitous route. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so then you can um, start to read this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Casimir, you begin to read this script on the walls. And um, give me a, well, two perception checks in the tower. All right. This will cover the time it takes you to. Okay. All right. So you find the beginning and you begin reading. And this is, um, what was his name? Find the name in my notes here. All right. All right. So this is um, it's uh, basically entitled um, uh, "From the Vision of Arendirian." Sorry. Uh, yeah. So from the vision of Arendirian, uh, fourteen thousand cy. Not sure what that means, but. Um, but that's what this is entitled. And then it basically goes in order and it uh, lays out a vision that uh, Arendirian had, whoever Arendirian is. So um, so basically this is what the vision is. The sky above the uh, ancient elven city was um, covered with darkness and the air was thick with the stench of death and decay. The once bustling... Streets were empty and silent, and the only sound was a haunting howl of the wind as it whipped through abandoned buildings. Um, as I looked closer, I could see that the walls and buildings were scarred with the marks of battle. Craters and burn marks pocked the landscape, and the ruins of great towers and walls lay strewn about like the remains of a shattered dream. In the distance I heard... A sound and saw dark clouds gathering as if some malevolent force was calling forth the very elements against us. Lightning flashed and thunder roared, and I could feel the ground trembling beneath my feet. And then I saw them, the armies of darkness, marching across the fields and forests, their eyes blazing with a fierce and terrible light, burning everything in their path. Orcs, goblins and other foul creatures of the underworld, their weapons glinting in the dim light of the sun, moving with a terrifying purpose towards the city. But there was no one to fight back, no one to defend the city or its people. The elven heroes were nowhere to be seen, their swords and bows forgotten in the face of the overwhelming evil that threatened to consume us all. As the armies drew closer, I saw the faces of the elven people, their eyes filled with terror and despair. They knew this was the end, that they had no hope of surviving the coming onslaught. And then, in the distance, a faint light began to glow. It grew brighter and brighter until it was a blazing beacon of pure white energy, cutting through the darkness like a knife. And from the light emerged the Seldarine, their forms shimmering in translucent, their eyes filled with a fierce and holy light, 
They lifted their hands to the heavens, and a wave of pure energy surged forth, striking the armies of darkness with a force that sent them reeling. The Seldarine fought back the darkness, their power shattering the armies and sending them fleeing into the abyss from which they had come, and as the darkness receded, the elven people emerged from their hiding places, their faces alight with joy and relief. For they knew that without the Seldarine they would have been lost forever to the darkness that threatened to consume them, and they vowed to honor and protect the guardians who had given so much to ensure their survival. It takes you about a, you know, what you what you imagine to be about, you know, 20 hours to get through all that. Dang. All right. So we got the Seldarine. Okay. So um, after that, um, there's still some more script, and it's basically a PS. Um, and then this person is, this Arendirian is writing in the first person. It says that this was one of two visions that he had on multiple occasions. The most common um, of the two um, the, was one in which the Seldarine did not appear because they slept and were never woken and the elven people were destroyed. Hmm. All right, um, Fenrith, you're woken by Graham, who's appeared and uh, who's made it back to the home of the heroes, and he comes up and wakes you up. I'll wait till the three-hour point in his yeah. trance. <laughs> you're you're going to get uh, inflict serious wounds on you. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, Fallwin could tell you when he went to sleep, and you could. Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit more um, foresight about things now, so I'll figure out where he would be in his trance, and I might just wait until he comes out of it and starts There's doing no uh, investigating the the bit of blood in the hallway. Is there blood in the hallway? Mm-hmm. No. <clears throat> Fallen cleaned it up. Mm. That's a guy you gotta keep around. Or, right or the <laughs> dead body that's in my room. <laughs> He's our cleaner. Fulwin already put it in the flower bed behind yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> he, went, he went and fed it to the rocks. Right. That Fulwin sure goes through a lot of lie. And <laughs> um, yeah, so I, if um, Fulwin says he's he's been asleep for a couple hours, then maybe I'll just uh, I'll take a short reprieve myself until he comes out of his trance, and uh, then I'll talk to him then. This were old Graham, though. You bet I'd be poking you in the room. <laughs> Wake up, Fenrir. Yeah. So that yeah, we'll we'll say that's that time has passed now. So Fenrir, you get your full rest as far as that goes. All right. So yeah, if I get up and Graham is there, I will rejoice at uh, his return from the ocean depths and ask him what happened. What did you find? Well, a big underground submersible, I guess you might call it underground ship, or underwater ship, not underground. Uh, I only saw a small percentage of it, but Nazus has an idea about leading a, an attack down there to sabotage the ship. What do you think of that, Fenra? I think he's right, as it doesn't seem like any of the invaders who are above the ocean are very organized. There may be some type of command structure down there, and we need to disrupt it as soon as we can. 
Weapons OSP. Plus, <laughs> the, uh, the idea of sinking potentially thousands of orcs, humans, and automatons at the ocean depths brings me great joy. <laughs> I've just been thinking how it was a missed opportunity not to put water walk and water breathing on that one guy <laughs> when we came up. There was one of the people I rescued that I hadn't had the idea of putting water walk and water breathing on. Mm. And I went on to rescue and then I had the idea and I started doing it. I wanted to not put it on him. <laughs> when we all left <laughs> because I'm a player and we have lead, lead box armor. <laughs> We've been drinking mercury and lead powder. But um, yeah, it's I guess it's just a matter of timing when when we might want to do something like that. I can facilitate a number of people to go down there with me. I don't think it's something we'd want to uh, do like a full frontal assault on it. doesn't seem very wise to have a battle in something underwater. I can submerge a ship, though. <laughs> so we'll get our boat, and then I'll sink it. Oh, and, we're just going <laughs> to... And we'll do uh, some underwater combat. <laughs> Been wanting to use this ship. Uh, I'll back your play if you want to use the ship. <laughs> no, I don't know what type of artillery it has. But uh, it does bring up a, a very interesting point is do we do we stealth in and try and disrupt it that way or do we just try and destroy it from the outside? Well, if it can defend itself like the airships can, then we definitely want to stealth in. And... uh I saw lots of points we could sabotage on the inside. Might be more difficult uh, on an outward attack. As I'm not known for for stealth, but if you can get me in there, I'm pretty sure we can cause a lot of havoc. Well, I think uh, your armor won't have the same problem it does while you're swimming through the water. <laughs> I'll still be here and clung, 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 clung. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Assuming you're coming, Fenrith, I... I didn't yes, want to be presumptuous. I will. But... I would not let you undertake this alone. Is the only question is, do we wait for Rohan and Casimir, or do we strike now well, while they're still unawares? They seem to have some type of damage, if I'm remembering correctly, when I first entered the ship and they were doing some repairs to get it fully functional again. So I think the sooner the better. Yes, I would say let's not wait too long. As no more than one day at the very most. I agree. Let's give uh, our brothers an, an, another day. Is that also give me some time to consult consult the uh, the dead guy? Um, well, that amongst uh, other things, as Nazus and see uh, if he has the same idea. Um, well, I'll hold out my ring of spell storing with a. A big-eyed, pleading look on their face. <laughs> <laughs> it's empty. Please, my lord. Which, Just a scrap of spells. What do you want in there? I, uh, got, I, got, uh, I got five levels. It's totally open. So um, I'll just take a look at your spell list. and <laughs> Just the, just peel okay. off the top <laughs> right. of his skull and right. start rifling Is it? Would them. it be good to do it now or um, after I mean, you prepare? Do it now, I I would say, well, I'd say after if there's a specific spell that you want. That way I can prepare it. Yeah, I was 
trying to think about preserving your spells uh, slots for the day, your prepared stuff. So maybe I'll just glean from your list. You want to put so a yeah, few of them in the chat and I can make a decision behind I've still got here. Flame Strike, Righteous Might, Freedom of Movement, Divine Power, Airwalk, um, Dispel Magic, Inflict Serious Wounds, Protection from Energy, Searing Light, uh, Blade Barrier. Uh, I think Blade Barrier might be too high, actually. Um, yeah, it's level six. Airwalk might be handy, so that's four levels. What do you got that's level one? Level one, I've got Cause Fear, Inflict Light Wounds, Obscuring Mist, Sanctuary, and Shield of Faith. All right, I'll, I'll, put, I'll take Obscuring Mist since I already have that spell set up. And you wanted Airwalk? Yeah. Probably not going to be useful in a submersible, but... If you had, uh, <laughs> if you you had just know. come last night, you could have had an Inflict Critical Wounds. I already inflict critical wounds, Fenrith. You could flip <laughs> even more. Oh, if you want a fifth level, I do have plane shift. That's always a fun one. Oh, we or are, righteous we're nervous. Might. We're nervous about plane shift, right? Because we don't know how the yeah. uh, planes around here are quite stable or not. If it were old Graham, you would have cast it into the ring, and then I would have cast it out of the ring immediately. Plane shift <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> What does this do? <laughs> Don't worry, I also prepare word of recall for myself in these situations. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so your guys' plan you is guys. to... We're going to wait a day okay. to see if uh, Casimir or Rohan come back, and then at the end of that day, we will, I guess we'll be planning our attack on this submersible. Okay. Yeah, check real quick and see if there's any spells that might help me with this. All right, well, while you guys are doing that, Rohan, you're in that barn, and uh, you're getting settled in, and everybody's turning, you know, in for the night, going to sleep. But, um, you know, then there's, like, frightened shouts as everybody wakes up because there's loud thumping on the front door of this barn, the large door. Okay. So it sounds like something as heavy as impacting it and then sliding down and then impacting it again. And you had mentioned that there were um, some open areas up on the second level on mm. each of the each of the sides. Yeah, they've got the 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 loft. Okay, so yeah, I'll I'll uh, quickly get up to the loft and take a look out to see what's making the noise. All right, so when you get up there and you peek out, look down at that door, you can see there's a massive, brilliant white unicorn. Um, okay. Knocking on the door with her hoof. All right. Um, yeah, I'll hold up a hand to the villagers and say, calm yourselves. Uh, this is some a creature that I know. And I'll uh, hop down out of the loft, you know, toss on Feather Fallen and drop down to speak with the unicorn. Okay. Yeah, so um, she says, um, we meet again. Well met. Good to see you. Yes, many things have been happening. Yes, yeah. I had uh, heard that you have clashed with the enemies that have landed in our forest. Yes, I've had some disagreements with some of them. Yes, we have as well. Even the vampires to the north have uh, taken affront to them. Hmm, I thought I smelled them. Yes, they, they've been lurking in the shadows. They've thus far been smart enough to stay out of my forest. Yeah. What brings you here? Uh... You need to return to the village. 
Yes, our, our plan is to leave first thing in the morning. No, you need to leave now. Uh, I, I must keep these villagers safe, and unless you're willing to escort them. Yes, I will. You will? I will, yes. You, you must return to the village, but first, on the way, you must stop at that encampment. Do not be seen. There's something there that you need to see. Very well. Um, uh, please allow me to introduce you to the to the patriarchs of this family so that they know that they are going to be protected on the way to the village. Yes, of course. So I'll uh, knock on the door and call in and say, open the gate. All right. So, yeah, they swing those doors open and uh, and immediately that you can hear the gasps of, you know, um, joyful surprise because, you know, it's a beautiful unicorn and they all know what unicorns are. So, you know, they start clamoring forward to speak with her. And especially, you know, once one of the kids notices, then all, all the kids notice and they start rushing forward. And pretty soon she's surrounded by a crowd. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll kind of motion the two men that I had spoken to before that had helped me and motion them forward to speak with me. Yeah, so with some reluctance, they leave the unicorn and they come over to talk to you. And yeah, then I'll kind of lay everything out to them, say that uh, the unicorn has asked me to uh, go by the enemy encampment and get some information about their encampment before I head back to the village. It has assured me that it will uh, travel, maybe not with you, but ensure that you're you have safe passage to the village. Uh, I would ask that as you travel towards the village that you send off uh, people to bring in all of the outlying farms as that no one is safe while these invaders are here. Yes, we'll we'll gather up everybody we can. Very well. But thanks for coming to help us. Yes, yes, uh, that's what the heroes do. Uh, as for me, I'm afraid I, I can't wait any longer. I must leave. No rest for the weary, huh? Apparently not. Well, I'm glad it rests on your shoulders and not mine. <laughs> well, you have enough on your shoulders with these families, so. Good luck to you, hero. And to you as well. And I'll uh, go back to the unicorn and say, is there anything you would uh, let me know before I head to the encampment? No, you must hurry. There's Very something well. there that you need to see. Very well. And so I'll, you know, start trotting off towards the forest. Okay. All right. So then Graham and uh, Fenrith are making your preparations for the salt and you're going to wait a day. Um, it's still storming out while you're doing that, but you can take that time to think of all the things you might need and go about gathering them. But no more attacks come during that time. And then uh, Rohan, so you make your way through the forest and it's not hard for you. Nothing slows you down. So it doesn't take very long at all traveling at a good clip before you see the light of that encampment. Once again, now more, more forces seem to have straggled in since you were here a few hours ago. Um, but it's still generally set up the same way. They've cleared out a space. Um, you can see that they've, cut down some trees and begun chopping them up to be used. Um, and uh, there's people still working on that as you approach, because you, you can see that like some trees have been chopped down. You can see by the stump, but then other trees are 
next to those stumps in a way that they wouldn't be naturally. And this is, you know, reminds you that earlier when you were eavesdropping here, one of them had said that the trees just sort of appear sometimes. Mm. So that's clearly been happening and it's frustrating them a bit. But so now um, there's that command tent and that leader is still out there, still talking to people. And now there's a bigger row of the um, mechanical, um, the constructs, um, including, you know, at least 10 of the bigger ones okay. and probably double that of the smaller ones. And so, um, do a stealth. In the tower, I assume? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like this close to being able to pull a 50 with my stealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. All right. So, you find a good place, and uh, you're not sure what she was talking about, because, I mean, that, that commander is giving orders and saying, do this and do that, and people are setting up tents, and they're building a you know palisades and all those things that you would do if you're an invading army setting up in a hostile land but um you know that's nothing that you wouldn't have guessed they'd be doing anyways and so from time to time bands will you know appear in the clearing from out of the forest goblins and humans and constructs being brought in and uh so you know you're watching that and you're wondering what it is she could possibly have wanted you to see um when, uh, like out of the blackness, you hear this, um, this whooshing sound that drowns out even the sound of the storm and this enormous red dragon lands in that clearing. And, uh, as like, not that anybody could be an expert on dragons necessarily, but you can definitely tell that this landing was purposely hard. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it could have landed nicer. I'll say that, but you can tell that it did it on purpose slams down right in the center of this clearing knocks over, you know, 10 tents. Um, and it sends some goblins and humans flying as its tail sweeps. And, uh, then it lands there and, um, sits there facing the leader. Now there's all sorts of commotion. People are freaking out, you know, raising alarms and racing for weapons. But uh, the then uh, figure hops off of that uh, dragon's back and, and struts forward to the commander. Now this figure is like um, uh, humanoid, tall, uh, almost gaunt. Seems like. He's got more joints than he ought to as he struts forward and he's dressed in ridiculous fashion with, you know, brightly colored clothes and a massive hat with a feather. And, uh, he comes forward strumming on a, some sort of stringed instrument with a big lopsided grin on his face as he stares at that commander and, uh, something in his face, um, gives the commander pause because he shouts for everybody to calm down and stop what they're doing. Um, perhaps the commander notice just realizes that, um, their forces can't match this dragon. Do I recognize this guy from, um, when we were in the past and there was the, we were trying to stop the ritual where the beholder was. Yep. Okay. Yeah. This was the guy that basically just obliterated the, the beholder, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, he steps forward and um, he says, 
captain, is it? And that uh, that human there, um, he's got like his staff raised up in front of him like he's preparing to do battle. But then he says, Admiral, actually. Admiral, my apologies. Uh, well, I've come here to uh, offer you my aid and to hopefully stop you from continuing your blunders. And then he laughs and there's nothing funny at all, but it's like a really, you know, deep belly laugh as if he told a joke. Nobody else understands, but the Admiral, you can see like his back gets straighter. Um, and then he says, and who are you? And, um, what are you doing here? And, uh, the, uh, that man with the hat, he says, like I said, I'm here to help you. Um, uh, you should know that you're not the only ones who want to see these elves destroyed. And um, now, like the shock of the whole thing seems to have passed enough for everybody to realize that there's an enormous red dragon in their camp. And now they're freaking out about that. So like some of them straight up flee into the woods, right? Because this is, um, you know, it's absolutely enormous. And I'm, I'm just hoping that, something procs those automatons you know all magic needs to be destroyed and <laughs> well it's funny that you say that because um they continue their conversation basically this newcomer is saying how he's here to help destroy the elves but this other guy this admiral he says you know we don't need your help and um you know magic is illegal and you'll be brought to serve the emperor just like everybody else so he's basically saying, like, you're here to serve me, not help me, because uh, Emperor Bregan actually rules these lands, though you don't know it until now. And so they get into this little back and forth, and this uh, this person with the instrument, he keeps this lopsided grin the whole time, and then he starts playing a soundtrack to the the admiral's words, you know, um, like given, you know, dun, 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 things like that. <laughs> um, and you can see that it's really just infuriating this admiral. And then finally, um, the admiral does, uh, shout to, um, the, um, what are they, what did I call them? The law enforcers. That's the big, um, that's the big construct mm. that, that, that's here. Uh, to attack. A little bit surprised when their fire-based lasers mm. hit the red dragon and do nothing. Right. So basically, you know, w what happens is one of them sort of like awakens at the admiral's words and turns. Magic is illegal. An illegal creature uh, spotted. Um, all creatures must be registered and starts. But then this dragon just gives the most lackadaisical flick you know, from one of its four limbs and sends this um, construct sailing through the trees. But it's like ridiculous because it, it it's hard enough that it knocks trees over as it's sailing through. And that pretty much straightens out the Admiral about who's really in charge there. But uh, as you listen on, this um, mus musical stranger tells the Admiral like, it's good to attack the village and try to destroy the elves, uh, but um, none of the dragons can help. This is, it took me all my power to get this one through and we won't be able to stay for long. I just came to tell you that um, 
something much more dangerous is taking place while you're wasting your time on the village. Some of your men, who no doubt have not reported in yet, have found an ancient complex to the west. And then um, they've discovered that uh, one of these elves has gone down there. And I can tell you from personal knowledge that what he will find is much more dangerous to you and to us than any of these elves in the village. So you must send your forces there to give aid to the ones you already have, as this elf must not be allowed to succeed. Can't me, you just got to be stirring up crap. <laughs> so, you know, then there's some back and forth and some arguments and, um, you know, nothing really of note besides the fact that this uh, this stranger with his instrument is um, has a almost, well, has an absolutely supernatural ability to anger the admiral. <laughs> um and he, he keeps making jokes that you only know are jokes because he laughs, but nobody else understands. Um, and he keeps playing the instrument as an accoutrement to the words of the admiral, and it just makes it matter and matter. But, um, you know, eventually this dragon, who's just been, you know, sort of relaxed there, raises its head up and puts his face right in the admiral's face and... um that straightens him out, and he agrees that he'll take this uh, person's advice. And so you can see him call for some people to come forward, and they start assembling a group to head to this uh, temple. And then um, he gets some directions from this person, and you recognize immediately, Rohan, where that is. Okay. Um, you don't know about any temple over there or underground complex, but you know the area that's being described. Because one time you dropped a yep. uh, talking skull down a hole over there. <laughs> yep. Anyway. So, you know, after a few minutes and once it looks that stranger is satisfied that this admiral is going to do what he's supposed to, he hops back on that dragon and they take off into the night towards the west. Okay. Um, but another little tidbit you picked up was that there's some powerful magic that's keeping... He and the rest of the dragons out of these lands. Yeah. All right. So figuring that that was what I was supposed to find, I'll uh, start skirting around the camp to head towards the village. <clears throat> okay. And I'll be a little bit opportunistic. So if I find any goblins in the forest that have fled that are um, alone, I'll dispatch them as I go. Okay. Yeah, so they didn't, none of them fled in your direction. I know, but, you know, as I'm... Well, let me roll a... After, after I skirt around the, the camp and head towards the village, if I run across any, there's a goblin in my forest is something I cannot abide. Uh, oh, right. Okay. So, no, you don't find any goblins. But as you start moving away um, in a line on the other side of some tents that are now knocked over, on the opposite side of the camp from the constructs mm -hmm. you do see something that catches your eye and that is there is a line of um what look like uh, well here i'll give you the description yeah and i figured that it, as i was invest like looking at the camp i wouldn't have just come from one side i probably would have tried to skirt around the outside yeah this is a, a full circle these are like sheltered underneath some Limb, you know, underneath some trees where the lower limbs have been hacked off to make room for them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, and they're huge, um, but they're birds, but they're, they seem to be made out of metal completely. Hmm. Um, but they're huge, you know, they're like, um, not as big as a rock, but almost, um, well, not almost, but bigger than normal birds. I'll say that, but they look to be made, you know, they look like a massive, um, birds of prey, okay. but they seem to be made entirely out of metal. And right now they're like roosting. So they're not moving or anything. So like, it's hard to tell if they're statues or what, or if they're alive, cause they're not making any movements, but there is a row of those that you do see on your way out. Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, do I see like any supply depots or anything like that? Well, not too far from that command tent, um, a little uh, past the line of constructs seems to be the area where they're set up their supplies. It's like in the central portion uh-huh. of the camp, and they've got some large um, pavilions set up there where they're stacking sacks and crates and whatever sort of thing they can find. It's like the most heavily defended portion of the camp. Okay. Yeah. I was going to see about making a little hit and run, but I don't think mm-hmm. I'll have the opportunity. I suppose I could shoot some flaming arrows into it, but they'd yeah. have that out in no time. So, Especially during the storm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, skirt around the camp, uh, try and get a little bit of a closer eye on those metal birds uh, before I make my beeline back to the village. Okay. So that I have a, a clear report to bring to everyone else. All right, so off you go, Casimir. You um, you're in this room and you're looking at o- over this uh, script on the walls and do a perception. So um, you also notice while you're looking at that that there is actually um, there's a little uh, catch on the uh, the walls close to each exit to this room. So the way, the way you came up those steps, like there's a little catch to the right on okay. the wall, and there's another one on the other side. Um, it's like really well hidden, but because you're looking so closely at this script, you notice it. I'll flip the one, the direction I came from. Yeah. So basically just in front of your eyes, a, a wall appears hmm. um, seemingly solid and blocks that um, that direction. Okay. It's a lot like the one you walked through in the room before. Okay. It just turns on the illusionary wall there. Well, uh, I guess I'll flip the other one, but I plan to really quickly just rest for the night and re-prepare spells. Okay. uh, After reading that mural, and then I'm going to set out to the west in the morning. Okay. Perfect. So um, you're getting set up to rest, um, and then you do hear at some point, some clank, you know, booted feet clanking up those steps, and then you can actually hear, um, you know, a, a guttural goblin voice saying, Wait a minute, are we lost? Why is there steps up to a solid wall? <laughs> Another one's like, Well, maybe they didn't finish it. We weren't told to care about such things. Let's just go back and report all's clear, and then you can hear them leave. All right, so. Uh, eight hours pass yeah quote unquote, to oh, me yeah yeah you can get your rest all right so yeah then i'll start heading off to the west uh this way um 
So in your trance, you do uh, you do see something odd while you're in your trance. Um, at some point in it, you start to see a uh, an apparition in front of you. It's like um, some figure seems like you should recognize, but you don't quite, and uh, doesn't quite take on solid form. But um, it looks like, yeah, I mean, it's el it's Elvin. But it's like eight feet tall. It's a male. It has long blonde hair and uh, a really deeply tanned skin covered in beautiful furs. Um, It holds a bow and, you know, a spear. I mean, it has a bow strapped on it and a quiver and it has a spear in its hands. Um, But that appears floating in the air in front of you. Um, Pretty. It's a pretty brief appearance. And then it fades away. Hmm. Wonder if I'm about to get called out for my lack of faith and blasphemy. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, so you start heading down this hallway. Yes, sir. Now, um, once you reach this point, you're looking that direction. Um, it's just a really long hallway, but you can see at the end it branches to the right. So you don't see anything of importance in here. All right. But when you get yep. to here, okay, and you peek around that corner. Something looks starts things start to look familiar. Oh, oh I'm going in uh back in the circle. Yeah, so I mean you make it into this room and uh you know it's in disrepair and the floor's torn up, but uh looking down that hallway you can see, you know, it was left, right, and then continues straight on, but seems very familiar to you. Yeah. Like out of game, like I have no sense of direction on where I am or where I've been. So uh, Mm. any, any help you can give me on, on that would be appreciated or I might be here for a while longer than I want to be. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) let me, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've basically made a circuit of the, um, what, what you think, unless there's some secret passages you didn't see of the outer limits of this. So, you know, if you continue straight ahead, Mm Mm-hmm. And then turn left, you'll be back at that uh, room that you very first rested in where you found the altar and the book. Okay. Uh, so, you know, just based on that and your what I rolled for you, um, there is, let's see, the path that you'd need to take to get back to, to get to a place you haven't gone in mm-hmm. would be just as long one way as the other. So you, because you, you remember that there was a path in the very, um, in the very first chamber of this complex that you didn't go down. That's the one you can remember. All the others you remember, you went in or you saw what was in there. But the only one that you know for sure was a way you could go that you didn't was back at the very beginning. Okay. And it would take you just as long to backtrack as it would to just keep going. All right. So, yeah, I guess I'll keep going. I'll try to make it back to the uh, entrance. It was the big double door, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. So, that's not um, any any trouble f- for you to make it back there. Okay. I'll, uh, of course, keep an ear out and prepare to cast invisibility if I hear anything coming or whatnot. Okay. All right. So, we'll move you along there. And you do hear a lot as you go. Okay. So, like, when you um, when you get to hear... You can hear a lot of talking and booted feet off to the left. And that's where that first secret wall that you hid in, mm-hmm. that's that direction. 
you can hear a lot of stuff that direction, but you continue on this way, you know, back towards the beginning. And when you reach here, you can hear a lot of stuff coming from, you know, the south. Okay. But you continue along this hallway and up these steps. Or no, sorry. You can hear stuff coming from this direction. Okay. So you go this way and uh, and eventually you make your way back. And now you're in this central chamber where it all began. All right. Let's try those double doors then. Yeah. And then so from here, the place that you didn't go was down this way. Okay. Yeah. So then um, you'll be there. And this is a uh, um, large stone double doors, but they are locked. You're going to have to find a way to open these. So do perception. All right. So you're looking at this door, trying to find a way to open it. And... um, you know, while you're focused on that, you hear the sound of a lot of booted feet and clanking mechanical enemies coming from, you know, up the steps. All right. And you can even hear one of them giving orders saying, uh, we know he's in here somewhere. We have to find him. Show no mercy. Ah. So you can't tell how many are coming, but they are definitely coming. Um. But you do find eventually, as that sound gets closer and closer, you find the uh, the catch that opens this door. You push it, and you can get in and get the door closed. Okay. Uh, just as they reach that chamber. <laughs> um. Okay, and then Rohan, you made it back to the village now. All right. Nobody sees you, even though there are people outstanding watch. There's a lot of militia, and then just general people out. Like helping keep watch, but you're Rohan, so they don't see you. Yeah. Um, but you know, you make it back towards the center of town, and you can see Nazus there in the center, um, standing watch by the communal bonfire. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll head towards him. I'll make myself. You know, I'll stop sneaking and just approach him across the communal area and call out to him. Azus, I come with intelligence from the enemy encampment. Uh, yeah. So he, um, when you speak his name, his head pops up and you can see that he had been snoozing, mm. uh, but he smiles and he says, ah, well met. Glad to see you return safely. Yes. Thanks. What news do you have? Um, quite a bit, actually. Uh, the outlying villagers are going to be traveling to come for safety here in the village. Uh, you should expect them by the end of the day, because uh, I'm assuming that it took me most of the night to get get here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say they have the protection of um, a forest creature, a unicorn, to get uh, them oh, here. Oh, a unicorn, yeah. They, they arrived an hour ago. Oh. <laughs> yes, um, so they've all been... Fancy unicorn teleporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've all uh, they've got quite the story to tell, but they're resting now. All right, uh, good to hear that they've made it safely. Uh, beyond that, the enemy is going to be preparing to attack, uh, and I'll go about describing um, the numbers of the automatons, the number of goblins that I saw, the size of the encampment, and those uh, metal birds. Hmm. Well, that's not great news, but you say they're attacking the... Did you tell them the part about 
Yeah, yeah, I'll tell them about the dragon and and the weird dude and um and that they're sending a force to the where Casimir went. Yeah, yeah, I said I'll say yeah. Their their forces will likely be split as they try to follow through on the demands of whoever it was that was riding that dragon. Um, so do your um do your survival roll a survival. Okay. All right. So you know this storm is actually going to last for two more days. Okay. So you can make that part of your equation. All right. Like they like from what you were seeing of them, that this is not even anywhere close to the sort of weather they're prepared to operate in. Okay. So yeah, I'll uh, let them know that the storm will likely hamper their efforts, but that we need to be prepared when the weather does break in a few days. Well. With the people here now, I and I think we've got a good shot at defending the village. But um, you you should know that your companions Graham and Fenrith are cooking up a plan to assault the un, the submersible hmm. uh, sh- ship that's off the coast. So they're at your home. You should meet with them and talk with them. So Graham has returned. How about Casimir? No, no, Casimir's still not returned. All right. Nobody knows where he is. Because I'm uh, lazy. It's I know. the wizard sleep text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know which direction he went, but uh, and from the speech of between the commander of the army and the dragon rider, I think I can lead us to where he should be. Wizard sense of direction, too. <laughs> uh, but yes, if you make as, the best preparations you can, uh, then... Uh, the rest of the heroes will do what we can to stop the other, the other people, and hopefully find whatever weapon or magic or whatever it is that that the dragon riders seem to fear. Mm. Yes, well, uh, myself and the militia will lay down our lives if necessary. Uh, trying to make sure it doesn't come to that as best you can. Anyway. Well, certainly not for me. I mean, you see how big I am. <laughs> Just don't piss off the unicorn. Mm, no, I know better than to mess with the unicorns. Trust me. Yes, you should have some assistance from... I actually have a scar. If I... Well, never mind. <laughs> you want to talk scars? Let's <laughs> compare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was tortured by Baphomet for over a thousand years. Yeah. So I got hit by chain lightning. <laughs> I think he still got you, man. <laughs> I'm being tortured in the hell. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So then, um, yeah. So he says he'll do his part. Very well. Thank you, Nazus. Your your friendship and your expertise has been absolutely invaluable. Well, just wait until I betray you. Hmm. And you won't feel that way. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> but then I'll have to kill you. Yeah. And... Let's be honest here. I was already expecting it to happen. So yeah. like. He's good in my book. He put his time in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so then, yeah. So uh, he says they're at the home of the heroes. Yeah. So I'll go to speak to them. Dude, you think from time to time, Zeus hears like a kid screaming in the distance, like playing, having fun. And he gets this long <laughs> thousand yard <laughs> stare. <laughs> I figured he just has that constantly. Yeah. yeah. A thousand years in a hell is not, <laughs> not fun. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, you can make it back to the home of the heroes, and you find Graham and Fenrit there. They're getting prepared to do some underwater demolitions. Part of the 
um, cradle Navy SEAL unit. It's, okay. Is Graham having to try to explain to Finrith why on-site uh, procural of weapons is a smart idea? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, I don't see it, Graham. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> I should bring my sword. I'm actually <laughs> making sure that his ring of ram is all charged up. I'll just walk in and say, stop your preparations for the submarine. We're going to the west. Out of your sight? <laughs> what? Yes. What? No, I'll uh, I'll come in and... Um, we're, we're hiding behind piled up furniture because <laughs> he's recharging the ring of ring. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever down. you are, stop. Don't come in. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we'll have to stop there for today. Uh, with um, three of the heroes together in the home and uh, Casimir and Ancient Temple. We'll pick it up back here next week. Well, thanks, bro. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know how to interact with my... This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.